is Cliffo and Bronte After Hours. This content is not for little ears. Cliffo and Bronte. Hello, this is our first After Hours podcast for 2023. Hey, Friday afternoon. Yes. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Or, hey, or Saturday or, or Sunday. Saturday. It's the weekend, baby. It's got, after you've hours. actually got a drink in yeah, there. Yeah, I do. Have a listen. I'm a, hold on, go again. Oh, jingle jangle. It's a nice long black. It's nothing too exciting, but... Well, it's in a tumbler glass yeah. with a straw in it, so it looks like it could be quite alcoholic. It's quite, I mean, <laughs> a lady never drinks and tells. Who am I to judge? she's drunk too much and then she tells everything. Look, it is the After Hours podcast. <laughs> the idea is it's the stuff that we didn't have time to get round to on the radio show. Yeah. I'm including something that is new for us, but I think we need to do it more. Like, often we'll do a, a topic on the radio that goes, so bananas. Yeah. And we can't put all of the calls on the radio. So we're going to save the best ones that don't go to air and we're going to put them on this podcast. Yes, and you would not have heard them before, so they're all new stories. And what went off this week uh, mm. was when we chatted about unhelpful things that your partner did in the labour room Yeah, in the when you were given birth. And yeah. poor women, I will just say. Oh, poor men. Oh, we were attacked. My God. Uh, that's coming up. A little bit of Bronte's... <laughs> Pretty ordinary gift giving. I, okay, I almost ruined my boyfriend's birthday, but yeah. luckily saved it. Had to blame somebody else, though. Plus a bit of much-needed coverage for the World Pie-Eating Championships. Yeah, of course. Which, very Australia Day. They were held earlier this week. Yeah. Um, hang about. Of course I have the details on that. <laughs> Things pie-related don't escape me. No. Good. Needs more coverage. Thank you. Goodness. It's coming up, this is Cliffo and Bronte After Hours. Bottoms up. <laughs> Are you a rearrange the furniture in the house mm. just for a change kind of gal? I w- I, in my bedroom when I was a kid, I was, yeah. yes. I feel like that was a real highlight. Wasn't of, it? Like school holidays or whatever. <laughs> yes. like, we're rearranging the bedroom. Yeah, it's like very sh- feng shui of us, mm. even as kids, to do that. Why? What do you want? I did it uh. on the weekend and I'm not. A rearrange the furniture kind of guy. Like uh-huh. I think, I think you're right. I think it's huge when you were like, yeah. in, like your late primary school, early high school days. Mm. Huge. You kind of become an adult. Like the couch goes with the couch goes. The yeah. TV goes with the TV goes. You're like, I can't be asked picking up and moving anything. It stays there. Now. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So I've been thinking for a little while because we got the TV at the back, like oh on yeah, the back yeah, deck or whatever, and we have a like set of tables and chairs, like an outdoor setting. Yeah. That's, that's it's all fine in that, but it's not good for lounging. Like, often I'll want to lounge yeah. and watch the rugby league or whatever. And we do have an outdoor couch, but it's on our front patio. Oh, is it? Because we have a huge front patio that's very naked without that. Uh-huh. But for a while, I've been like, that's eh, kind of wasted. Mm-hmm. No one's like, there's no TV to watch the footy out the front. No one's sitting out there, what, I imagine. Yeah, what am what, what, what I got that there for? Yeah. So while my wife was at work on the weekend, just gone. Mm. I decided to do a little bit of rearranging. So I, by myself, piece by piece, I picked up oh. every piece of this outdoor couch. It's quite hefty. Yeah. Lugged it around the whole house from the front to the back. Did it was the cushions, hot on the weekend too. It was hot, did the chase, oh. all that sort of stuff. Set it up in front of the TV. Mm. Move the table and chairs over to make enough room. 
perfection. Stunning. Like you can lounge, yeah. you oh can sit my back. Gosh. And I just thought, Cliff, <laughs> you've done a good job, son. <laughs> Until my wife got home. Oh, no. Because I did all of this unapproved. I did all of this off my own bat. Okay. And Michelle's just gotten home and all she has seen at the front of our house Mm. is this gaping, Mm -hmm. this huge gap of dirt, by the way, because all of the dirt was there from under the couch. Just this mammoth (laughs) kind of space. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm guessing you were also just lounging on the couch at the same time that totally. she arrived home. Absolutely. It's a little bit like when your dog, you know, rips up paper or something. It's like, look, look what a good job I've done. Earlier in the week on the radio show, mm-hmm. we did a very successful talk topic. Yep. Um, controversial one. Had a few sort of mixed opinions on this. Well, uh, no, but yep, continue. Uh, but the phone calls kept <laughs> coming through long after we asked the question, what unhelpful thing did your partner do during labour? Yes, this was after some man posted online asking for advice of what he should do. Mm. And uh, better than that, women were like, okay, just don't do these things. So on our show, we had people tell us that a guy wanted to go to a touch game during yeah. her labour. One guy did a Macca's run. A drive-through. Consider it. drive through. He did ask her. He didn't eat in. <laughs> didn't, didn't dine in. Uh, but there were still more calls coming so through. So many. So for the Cliffo and Bronte After Hours podcast now, let's take some more mm-hmm. on this. Uh, Z is here right now. Z, what unhelpful thing did your partner do during labour? Both him and my mum, smoking. Smoke? Not in the delivery room. Not in the room, please. (laughs) No, just every half an hour they would go outside and have a smoke. Oh, my God. Well, an addiction's an addiction, Z. No. (laughs) Do not take that You've got to have a ciggy break, mate. You've got to go out for a durry. It was very unhelpful. <laughs> it was unhelpful, Z. I agree. Okay. Goodness. Well, just because you're in pain doesn't mean your husband has to be as well. <laughs> Melissa's here. Melissa, Hi. what unhelpful thing did your partner do? Well, when I was in labour, I was hooked up to a monitor mm-hmm. and it would monitor how much pain you were in. And at one point I got up to 50 and then I got up to 20 and my husband turned around and said, I'll crank it up to 50 or we'll just unplug it and go home. As in, you weren't in pain enough, according to your husband. Correct. I hope you inflicted some pain. pain. Good. That's when a bedpan flew across the room, straight into (laughs) hubby's temple. (laughs) Kelly, uh, most unhelpful thing your partner did during labour? Yeah, so I've got four kids. Um, The very first one, Mm -hmm. um, I had the gas for. Um, and he obviously, you know, you get drowsy with it, you get tired, you just want to rest, you're having contractions, you want to break. Mm. Um, apparently I started to fall asleep in the shower, so he kindly said to me, um, maybe you should cut down the gas a bit. <laughs> in- apparently I was a demon possessed. Oh, Don't my be a hog. God. <laughs> Slow down on the gas uh, yeah. there, Kelly. <laughs> Pretty much. Apparently I uh, basically looked at him and in very nice words said, Don't tell me to cut it out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you'll cut something uh, on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacinta, uh, most unhelpful thing a partner did during labour. Okay, it wasn't me, it was a friend. Mm-hmm. But following a really heinous long labour, um, he looked at her lovingly and said, 
Wow. Imagine if you tried that hard with everything you did. <laughs> Where's this effort been all our relationship? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm so angry look. on behalf of her. Yeah, I, look, look she, it, it's she getting... didn't divorce him, but, yeah, it's a uh, it. funny story. That yeah. story there, Jacinta, it's getting harder to defend these blokes <laughs> for me. <laughs> Let me tell you, you were making my job very hard. Uh, Jay, most unhelpful thing a partner did during labour? G'day, how's it going? Good, Good. Mate. Good. That's good, yeah. Um, when I was having my second child, I um, I was going, I was halfway through my labour mm. and um, my husband was busy watching the World Cup <sighs> with the, all the nurses and doctors. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's the World, it's World Cup. Soccer or rugby? Soccer. Yeah, oh, it comes around once every four years, Jay. <laughs> he doesn't even watch it. Like he's not, he's not a, a, a soccer fan. He's more an NRL um, yeah. fan. Yeah. Right, look, man, he's just trying look. to pass the time. I mean, I'm a soccer fan, so I kind of get it. That might be me. It's during the World my Cup, own mate. It's every four years. <laughs> yeah, can you turn that up, please, dog? Uh, we're going to end on Robin. Last one for the After Hours podcast. Robin, uh, what's the unhelpful thing your partner did during labour? Uh, well, we had two kids. The first one, my water's broke on the toilet. All good. Mm-hmm. And he rang the hospital and they said, just make your way down. And here I am sitting on the toilet. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm making breakfast. I'm not going to be able to eat until you have the baby. Yeah, you wait. Get a breakfast first. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first one. The second one, I oh, was more. three centimetres. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three centimetres dilated mm-hmm. in um, contractions lasting a minute and a half. In a bit of pain, and I, I said to him, I can't do this anymore. And he said, It's not hard, Robin. Breathe in through your mouth, out through your nose, shut the up, and go back in the bathroom. Just what any woman in labour needs: a bloke mansplaining how to breathe. Oh my god! <laughs> So Thursday this week, Cliffo, was um, my new boyfriend's birthday. He turned the big 2-9. So, yes, I am a uh, cougar. It's nice that we get to be the same age yeah. for a week and then I get a bit older. Um, and so being the first birthday that we're having in this relationship, I was, like, determined to make it quite – I. I I'm one of my love languages is gifts. Like I like to give gifts to people. That's one of my wife's love languages. Yes. And it's not one of mine. No? No. Well I'm more physical touch. Right. Uh, do you like to give gifts? No. No, right. Okay, see I do. I don't know I don't I don't mind Same if I don't my get wife any. Name. Yeah. So but the thing is I almost like completely screwed up his birthday present because Oh, that'd be torture yes. for a Yes. Like a love uh-huh. language gift giver. In my mind, I actually ordered something for him like eight weeks ago that I thought he would like. It was a custom-made T-shirt because he's a big T-shirt guy. And it's from this business called Nice Shirt Thanks, which is um, oh. it does only like a certain amount of orders every single day and you've got to get in quickly to place your order because then they cut it off. Because Exclusive. They custom. Yeah. I like that. And so eight weeks ago I put in the order and I you have to put in three things about the person that they will put on this T-shirt. Mm. And um, I put in that he loves his German Shepherd, mm. that he loves coffee and he loves plants because I feel like the, those are his three mm. biggest personality traits. And the T-shirt arrived last week and it was bad. It was bad. (laughs) 
It was bad. It was, I was like. What was bad about it? It was so, I should have taken a photo. It was all, it was a white t-shirt. There was like, uh, the background was cactuses. And then there was. Yes. This giant German shepherd head holding a coffee cup. Which is like if it was like I feel like he likes those things separately. Yeah. It it was just so obnoxious how big this German shepherd was that I was like, he's never gonna wear this t-shirt, and I've just wasted quite a bit of money because it's custom made. And I was like, I can't give this to him. I can't, I can't do this. And so luckily I knew he wanted this backpack from another store. So I got that, which he ended up loving. And I just said that his dog got him the (laughs) T-shirt. You made the present from the I was like, oh, and look, Ivy wanted to get you a present too. Not only does Ivy the German Shepherd give awful gifts, (laughs) she's a bit up herself, putting her own face on the gift. I'm surprised this hasn't got more news coverage during the week, and I'm glad we can bring it up now on the After Hours podcast. Yeah, hard-hitting. The World's Pie-Eating Championships were held earlier this week in Wigan in the United Kingdom, Uh and there has been next to no media coverage surrounding this. Yeah, what the hell is the media talking about? We're running back-to-back Australian Open on Channel 9. Surely you can wedge the pie-eating comp in there somewhere, guys. (laughs) I'd watch that over the tennis. Um, And I, I bring it to your attention because the winner has now uh, won this, the World Championships of Pie Eating, uh-huh. three times. So he's a three-time winner. Three-peat. He's three-peat, mate. He's got the trifecta. His name is Barry Rigby. He's 49. He's a Wigan local. Mm. He scoffed down a standard-sized meat and potato pie in 35.4 seconds. <laughs> so... The standard length of like a commercial on television or yeah. on the radio, yeah. you can eat a full pie. How big's the pie are we talking? Meat like just a standard bakery pie. Bakery pie. Um, Barry says the trick is to take small bites and swallow as quickly as you can. And That's I find that rather interesting. Great advice, Barry. Well, would you have a technique if it came to? I'm, you're not a massive pie eater. I'm not a big pie, pie person. You know, you've, you've uh, so I wouldn't have even that. entered this competition. But what did he say? Lots of little bites quickly. He cool. takes small bites quickly. And I want to talk oh. about that because I actually hosted for many years running, I had to host a local pie eating competition. Okay. And for the years and years and years that I was, like three or four years, I think I hosted it. I had the same winner every year. Did it? Guy named Ed Beater. Ed Beater the pie eater. <laughs> fine. Um, but he had a very different um, sort of technique. What he would do is he would bite the end off a meat pie uh-huh. and swallow it whole. So bite end. Yep. Like make a hole in it. Yep. Swallow it whole. Yep. He would then squeeze the meat into his mouth but treat it like a drink. That's what I would have thought. And he would just go glug, glug, glug. Yep. So automatically he's gotten, like in literally seconds, he's gotten rid of one end of the pie and all of the filling. Uh Uh-huh. And then what he would do is... Maybe he had a really moist mouth or something because I feel like this would dry you out. But then he would put the remainder of the shell in his mouth, give it like five chews, and then he could swallow whole pie gone. How quick? How quick are we talking? I think he was closer to the into the forties, like between forty and Still, fifty seconds. Ed Beater, the pie so, eater, got nothing on Barry Rigby. The the uh, shouldn't have gone into this. No, nah, there's no out there. <laughs> there is no out there at all. <laughs> Show!